from Mind Force Radio. This is Natural Strength Night with Maximum Bob. On Natural Strength Night, we don't talk about the other things Bob likes to talk about. Tonight, we only talk strength training. When I say strength training, I don't mean training like punk-ass goons in the muscle magazines who jacked up on juice, steroids, and PEDs. I mean natural strength. Strength built on good food, heavy weights, and no shortcuts. If you want to learn about real natural strength, weight training the right way, the old school way, stick around. Bob and his friends just might teach you something. He's here, the host of Natural Strength Night, Maximum Bob Whalen. Tonight, you are in for quite a treat. Our guest is pound for pound, the strongest drug-free man to ever walk the face of the earth, the legendary Marvin Eater. I have been friends with Marvin for over 10 years, and we've had many long phone conversations. I wish I had them all recorded. Marvin was the recipient of the Physical Culture Award at my last Capital City Strength Clinic. And today, the day of this podcast, October 22nd, it's Marvin's 83rd birthday. Happy birthday, Marvin. Now listen to what my good friend and Iron Game historian, Osmo Kiha, wrote about Marvin Eater. Marvin set the strength world on notice in the early 1950s. His incredible power, along with a world-class physique, set him apart from other men of his era. He had tremendous natural gifts, thick joints, great leverage. All his lifting was done way before the era of drugs. Marvin's strength feats were almost superhuman. He was able to surpass the efforts of almost all the super heavyweights of the time while he only weighed 196 to 198 pounds. He was the third man in the world to bench press 500 pounds and the only man who weighed under 200 pounds to accomplish this fabulous feat in the 1950s. His one single parallel bar dip has never been equaled with 434 pounds at a body weight of only 198. He cleaned in military press 355 as a middle heavyweight in 1953, which exceeded the official American record by 74 pounds, but due to being declared a professional athlete at the time, was unable to claim his rightful place as the American and world record holder. Marvin was the original high-intensity training kid, Very few could stand up to his training volume or load. Truly, Marvin Eater was pound for pound, the strongest man who ever walked the face of the earth. Marvin, it's an honor to have you on Natural Strength Night. Well, it's awful nice of you to consider me in those terms. I'm just an ordinary guy who was blessed with probably some special type of body, and and I loved what I was doing. I don't know what impelled me to do what I did. It was some inner force. See, I, I have to give some credit to my brother, who was also pretty good. And uh, I, I, to a degree, emulated him. But I continued on, and uh, he sort of quit. He might have been as, uh, very good, too. 
Marvin, tell us more about your childhood, you know, where you grew up, how you first got involved in strength training, and about the early childhood diseases that you had to overcome. Sure. Yeah. My family were very poor people, and uh, we grew up on the Lower East Side of Manhattan. The apartment, if you could call it that, was actually almost like a hovel, bedbug-infested, roach-infested, mice-infested, and with a toilet in the hall. We didn't have a toilet in our own apartment. Two families shared that one toilet, and... The only way it kept warm, there was a coal and wood-burning stove, and the bathtub was in the kitchen, and it had a porcelain cover, and that's how your mother cut up vegetables and whatever we were going to eat. My father was a terrible smoker. The house was always filled with smoke, and I was very sick as a child. My mother told me that at age two weeks, she thought I would die. I had severe whooping cough. Then at age three, I had what they called infantile paralysis, which was actually polio. At age 10, I had rheumatic fever. And it seems God was good to me. And I, I was able to rally against them all and grow up. Unfortunately, also, my folks didn't know much about diet. You want to know what I ate as a kid mostly? Cake, <laughs> coffee. That really? was what I ate. Yes. Wow. Uh, only when I began to uh, move in towards adolescence, and I learned a little bit about diet, so I taught my mother to give me an egg for breakfast and uh, maybe a little salad. And uh, from that point on, that's when I went into weights at roughly just before my 15th birthday. Beginning training at age 15, it's amazing that in just five years, you went from a, just starting to world famous for your strength. In every workout, I went my maximum, always trying to beat what I did before. That's how I trained. I never took a workout for granted. I had to do more and more. I used to have a little workout partner. His name was Lenny Rutkowski, but we, I gave him a short name, Lenny, a, a little little John. And he was my partner. He tried to kid, uh, keep up with me, but it didn't work out. I passed him very quickly. Also, at that time, <laughs> he was very good on a high bar, doing all kinds of tricks, and uh, uh, he was able to do... Uh, tips and uh, giants and all that. And we had a little act. I, I did a little bit of it. I wasn't too bad. Uh, but uh, I then began to concentrate mostly on the weights. Yeah, you told me before that your your earliest idol was John Grimmick. Could you talk a little more about yes. that? John Grimmick, when I saw him, I said, oh, my Lord, this man is an apparition. He's not real. And, and he was the one who inspired me. He and the great lifter, the heavyweight lifter. Oh, I'm trying to recall his name. Oh, God almighty. That's what happened. I have a senior moment. Um, 
Oh, Mike, yeah, what, what, what were your favorite exercises to do back then? Like when you were 15, what, what exercises did you concentrate the most on? I, I, I tell you the truth, I, I, I can't recall exactly what I did. I did, a, um, a, might say, a melange of all different exercises, but always working to my maximum. That's how I worked mm-hmm. out. And included in that was always chins and dips, chins and dips, adding weight each time more and more and more. And my body responded. I believe most of my power came from my deltoids. That, that's what mm. I think is the seat of power of anyone's upper body, the deltoids. The arms, of course, are strong, but there's nothing like the deltoids. Could you tell us about how you broke the record for, I think you broke Jack LaLanne's record, right, for how many dips you did? And- oh, yeah. Uh, I had a workout partner. His name was Angelo Caminetti. And both of us, he was supposed to work, do it with me. So we went to a little park near the East River, and we got on <laughs> the monkey bars where the kids climbed. That's true. They didn't have any dipping bars. And he did 10, I did 10. He did 10, I did 10. But he dropped out. He couldn't keep up with it. And I was able to do 1,000 dips. Pardon, pardon my... <laughs> I that that my my throat is acting up a little bit. Uh, I'm sorry oh, about no. that, folks. Yeah, you sound fine, Marvin. That that that's unbelievable. And um, well, I know you also told me before that you you trained with extremely heavy dumbbells. Uh, I think you did 120 pound dumbbell curls, right? Yeah, I used to do uh, laterals, alternate laterals, slightly bent at the elbows, not stiff-armed, slightly bent, curls, sets of 10 with curls seated, uh, tricep curls with them, and then seated presses with with a sort of a a little bit to support the back because otherwise you get this terrible pain in your lower back. And I used to do bench presses with them. The whole workout was 120-pound dumbbells. It was, it was a wow. good feeling. Felt Amazing. really good. I wish that this was at Goldberg's gym. I, I begged him to get 130-pounders, but he never did. I wanted to go up with even more because I was doing too, too many reps with them. I wanted to go up more. <laughs> Crazy, huh? So. So your early training, Marvin, between the ages of 15 and 20, um, what gym was that done in? Well, a portion of it was done in in our club, the Eastside Barbell Club, which was a great club, great club, a lot of good men. Leroy Colbert worked out there, and uh, a lot of good men that you never heard of. There was one guy, Pinkus Pecks. He had the hugest pectorals you ever saw. And there were other guys who were great, very good men also, who never achieved fame. Goldberg worked out there also. Then Goldberg opened a gym, and I graduated to Abe Goldberg's gym. And I worked out there for a long time. I also became a trainer in his gym, and I trained a lot of men very successfully with my methods. They all improved magnificently fat men slim down 
slim men built up. All worked very nice. And uh, I went up very quickly into uh, working out with over 300-pound repetition presses, snatches, clean and jerks. I hope to make the Olympic team, but as (laughs) fortune would have it, (laughs) I never made it. I wanted to become an Olympic lifter and represent the United States, but it didn't work out. I worked myself up uh, I, I, to being, I believe, the first man to break the 500-pound barrier in a bench press. And then I did floor presses with 530 pounds. And I kept going up and up, and then things happened, and I, I hate to say it, I just walked away from it all. Yeah, you were only about 23 years old when you uh, yes. walked away from it all, right? Yes, that's correct. People in the know know that you're the greatest, but you kind of got shortchanged, I think, because of the uh, the Weider-Hoffman rivalry. And, uh, you know, but that's just true. to walk away, what, you want to talk about that, how that happened? I'd rather not. It's, it's okay, history. Okay, we'll, we'll skip uh, that. Yeah, we'll, we'll I don't want that. sour grapes about it. It's past, and I didn't make it, and that's it. Right. He said, I wanted to represent the United States in the championships, world championships, and the Olympics. It really hurt, but no use crying over it, over it now. It was right. something I yearned for, and it didn't work out. I became a pawn in the, in the struggle. Between right. the two giants. So. Yep. Marvin, at a body weight of about 190 pounds, you did such amazing things. And, and then one of the things you did was you performed multiple sets of 10. You were just telling me this the other day. With uh, over 500 pounds in the squat, full deep squats. Could you tell us more about that? I did sets of 10 with 550 pounds. Amazing. Going parallel, parallel squats. I also did this, nobody knows, partial squat, like quarter squats, with 1,400 pounds across my shoulders. Wow. 1,400 pounds. Wow. That's like lifting a small car. That's, a, that's <laughs> unbelievable. You know. Unbelievable. And uh, I remember after I had quit that I was in business as a master plumber. I still had a great deal of strength. I used to go to a place to pick up my acetylene tanks and oxygen to do burning of pipe when I had to. And the owner said, look, hey, Marvin, there's a car blocking the entrance to my lot. My men can't get in and out. Could you do something? Well, I went out there, and I was able to lift that car, not completely, get one end of it at a time and move it away. It wasn't a big car. It was a Volkswagen, but I, <laughs> I lifted it. You have an amazing plumbing business because you met so many famous people. You were telling me all these, you know, John Lennon and the Kennedys. And uh, t- right. Tell us a little more about that. Yes, uh, I got rec- recommended around. Uh, one thing I have, I have a... A very amazing ability uh, to perform uh, complicated work. I was very good on controls of heating, 
And uh, I was often called in by other plumbers as a consultant when I had certain problems. And uh, one of the buildings that I worked in where John Lennon lived, the Dakota, you never saw a building like that. Unbelievable. It was built about 1870. And that, that's, that's where some of the most important people lived. And it was quite an honor that they chose me to handle all the plumbing and heating problems in the building. That was, uh, I also did high-pressure steam work, which was quite dangerous, which I mastered very well. You know, many of the buildings in New York City, in Manhattan, are heated by Con Ed steam. And that comes into the building at 170 pounds per square inch. Make a mistake, and you're killed. A, a, a beam of it, if it hits you, your, your arm will go right through you as if you were stabbed with a bayonet. So I did a lot of that. And uh, it was quite, quite lucrative, and I did okay. Uh, no complaints. No complaints. I used to work with giant wrenches. A four-foot wrench weighs 95 pounds. I was able to hold it out on one finger to arm's length. Wow. That's amazing. <laughs> Crazy. I know, I know those wrenches. They're, they're gigantic. They're made by Rigid Company, right? Yes. Yes. And they're gigantic. I mean, th those things are so heavy, it's unbelievable. That, that's amazing. Pick up a four-footer with two hands and press it overhead. It's a, it's a, it's a monster. <laughs> wow. I love stuff and, like that. And then I worked on the 1964 World's Fair. And they put me out in the trench. All the politicians were sitting in, in under the decks in the shade working with little copper pipe. But they stuck me <laughs> out in the trench. I used to lower these... Concrete pipes were a diameter of 36 inches. Each pipe, piece of pipe weighed 640 pounds. I would put a rope around it, stand over the trench, and lower it. That's unbelievable. I don't know where I, don't know where I got that. And there was blistering heat. You know, for three and a half weeks, the sun shone like in a desert, like in a Sahara desert. I used to fill my hat with ice water, put it on my head, and that's how I, and I loved it. I loved it. Would you believe it? I loved it. That that's the key is loving it, right? Cuz that's why you've done it your yes. whole life. You still train hard and you're you're what 83 now? Well, next next month, October 22nd, I will be 83 years old. I've been talking to you for about 10 years and uh, I remember when I first started talking to you you were training brutally hard. I mean, you were doing sets to failure, and you you had long workouts, and you were doing. When I heard what you were doing, I was so impressed. I couldn't believe you were doing that in your seventies. You, you you trained harder in your seventies than most guys in their twenties train. Look, when I was seventy, I didn't need a door. I could walk through the wall. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, it's been contaminated with drugs. Unfortunately, one That's fellow said, the greatest well, ever. Well, one guy I knew, he said, "We all can't be like you." I said, "Unfortunately, champions are born, 
I said, you won a contest. He was a strong advocate of drugs. I said, we should have, you should have a contest of pharmacists and biochemists, not, not weightlifters and bodybuilders. He shut up. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you did all this naturally, which is what makes you the greatest ever, you know, in my opinion. It's just phenomenal that at a body weight, of what 190 or so that you did all these things and you, you you held you you were close to the world record in any weight class i remember there was a there was a, a super heavyweight or something that weighed about 275 and in some of the lifts your lifts were almost as much as his for the world's record once at a show this guy weighed 270 pounds I'm trying to recall his name, but I have difficulty remembering his name. He was he, he was okay. He was an AAU man, see, and we both lifted with judges. He pressed three thirty. I clean and pressed three thirty at a body weight of one hundred ninety five pounds. I equaled his press. He weighed two seventy. Oh, Unbelievable. His name was Bradford. Bradford. He went on to lift in the Olympics, and uh, he kept his AAU standing, and I was tossed out. I, oh, I Jim Bradford. I, I, I knew Jim Bradford. Does he he, went, he oh, even yeah. spoke at one of my clinics. Yeah, because he was a great presser, but, I mean, he weighed about 100 pounds more than you. Yes. <laughs> well, not quite. <laughs> yeah. And, Marvin, could you tell us more about how uh, your training evolved and how – in your in your later years, I think you said you incorporated Olympic lifting into your training. Right, it became like a four day a week. I worked out Monday and Tuesday, rested Wednesday, worked out Thursday and Friday, and took the weekend off to recover. I included on one day pressing and the Olympic lifts. The following day, bench presses. I did the bodybuilding. And then on Wednesday, I rested and repeated it Thursday and Friday. And I tell you the truth, I really, I really did great on that training program. I really did good. You know, I, all the years of training, I never injured myself. No injury. Heavy squats, of course, were part of the training also. Never had an injury. The stretching <laughs> at age, I think it was age 80. That's when I watched this guy on television. He said, stretch, stretch. So I stretched. I was hanging. I used to do sets of 35 chinning. But I didn't, I didn't stretch the way this guy said. So I stretched and I tore my rotator cuff. Oh, here's a nice lift that I did. With a fella sitting on my hand on a beach at Coney Island, he weighed 220. I side-pressed him. <laughs> Tried it. That's a human weight. They, they move, they wiggle and all, and I did it. 220 side-press with my left arm. We'll be back with more right after this. This segment brought to you by VitalNutritionStore.com. Did you know that more than 7 million Americans suffer from coronary heart disease, the most common form of heart disease? 
Regardless of your age or condition, adding Cardio for Life to your daily regime will dramatically improve your cardiovascular condition. Cardio for Life has been the top-selling Enlarger 9 product in the marketplace now for more than three years. It is also the top-selling product at vitalnutritionstore.com. Formulated by Dr. Harry Elwart, the best-selling author of Let's Stop the Number One Killer of Americans Today, Dr. Harry believes together we can prevent and reverse heart disease. Cardio for Life comes in three wonderful flavors, orange, peach, and grape, and is gluten-free, sugar-free, and sodium-free. Please see our complete line of natural products at vitalnutritionstore.com. That's V-I-T-A-L nutritionstore.com. Randy Roach shocked the world with the release of his first volume of Muscle Smoke and Mirrors several years ago. It was a masterpiece of over 500 pages with such in-depth research and detail that it was not only surprising, but shocking and mind-blowing. It was truly one of the best Iron Game history books ever written. He followed that with Volume 2, another epic book with over 700 pages of equal depth and detail. All serious Iron Game fans need to have these books. Please visit Randy's website at randyroach.ca. That's R-A-N-D-Y-R-O-A-C-H dot C-A. Listen to how Iron Game legend and the Iron Master editor, Osmo Kihaw, describes the book Supernatural Strength. Have you ever wondered how much real-world experience authors have when they write books about weight training? Who is that person behind the computer? What do they really know about the Iron Game? If you picked up this book, Supernatural Strength, you have definitely come to the right place. The author, Bob Whalen, has spent several decades in the Iron Game trenches training himself, competing and coaching in powerlifting, earning academic credentials too numerous to mention, and thousands of hours of training and instructing athletes and trainees of all levels at his Washington, D.C. gym since 1990. He's not only devoted his life to motivating and pushing people to heights they have never been to, but elevating the trainees' understanding why certain methods work better than others. Bob is one of the most respected and revered trainers in the business today. This book is sure to surprise and amaze you at the same time. Order now at SupernaturalStrength.com. That's SupernaturalStrength.com. Don't you think it would be so much easier getting into shape if you had a personal coach? Just like all the celebrities do. Well, now you can. Bob Whalen of WebStrengthCoach.com wants to get you out of your rut and coach you to success. He's dedicated to helping you achieve your strength and fitness goals through your hard work and his expert guidance. Bob will help you with strength training, muscle building, fitness, nutrition, and motivation. He'll make sure you achieve your maximum physical potential. You can get one-on-one training with Bob through his website webstrengthcoach.com he will develop a personalized program tailored to your individual needs a program right for you bob will give you feedback after every workout this is old school fitness and nutrition no fads and no gimmicks bob will use proven natural techniques to make sure you are satisfied so visit webstrengthcoach.com today and let bob help you reach your best self webstrengthcoach.com Do you enjoy history without social engineering? Reading about our founding fathers? Economics from a capitalist perspective? Wisdom from modern patriots? Welcome to UncleSamBooks.com, where virtues like rugged individualism, hard work, and the American dream dominate. UncleSamBooks.com. Great books for homeschooling. UncleSamBooks.com.
If you want to become as strong and muscular as possible with health in mind and without lowering yourself to using steroids, the best advice can be found in the classic strongman books of long ago. These are the best books ever written on the subjects of strength training, weightlifting, strongman training, iron game history, and old-time physical culture. Many of them can still be found at physicalculturebooks.com. There you will find good, honest, time-tested wisdom from the great old-time strongmen to maximize your natural muscular and strength potential. Please visit physicalculturebooks.com. Listen to Ken Manny, head strength and conditioning coach at Michigan State University, describe the book Iron Nation, a masterpiece text on some of the most intriguing and compelling personal stories, iron game history, and gut-wrenching training routines ever put to paper. If you truly love hard training without all the frills of pomp and circumstance so common today, you will love Iron Nation. Written by lifters for lifters. If you love weight training, you will love Iron Nation. Order now at ironnation.com. That's I R O N nation.com. If you would like to promote your business on Mindforce Radio, we would love to hear from you. Please let us know if you are interested in a 30 or 60 second voice commercial or a banner website ad. Please contact Bob using the contact information provided on MindForceRadio.com. You're listening to Natural Strength Night on Mindforce Radio. Marvin, when you were younger, did you do much stretching before your weight workouts? No. No, I never did. In fact, I hate to say this, I I don't recommend, I didn't even bother warming up. But I would start with a lighter weight, if you could consider that a warm-up. But some guys go through elaborate stretching. Well, one little thing, there was a kettlebell up at the Eastside Barbell Club. Sometimes I used to swing it. But generally, I wasn't too interested in uh, in anything like that. In later years, I didn't even warm up when I did these heavy floor presses. I would start with 500 pounds. No warm-up. 500. Wow. That's what I did. That's what wow. I did. I, I don't recommend people fo- follow my routine. It, it might hurt <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Rec- I did okay. eighty wide arm chins at a body weight of one hundred ninety five pounds. Eighty wide arm chins. Wow! And in a was row. Able to, I was, yes, I was able to do one arm chins. I did nine with either arm, one arm chins. Wow! So I, I don't know. I, I just was able to do it. It just felt so natural felt good. But I want to let you know something about me, my personality. I was never a tough guy, just a regular guy, never tried to shove anyone around. It was not in my nature. 
not at all. Mm-hmm. I never tried to bully anyone. I, I just was a regular guy. I, I don't like to toot my own horn, but this is what I was. And I hope, hope I still am. You're a gentleman. Every time I talk to you, I can't believe I'm actually talking to Marvin Eater. You're such a down-to-earth friendly guy it's just unbelievable well it's awful nice of you to say that i'll tell you another strange thing when i was oh in the early stages of my working out always was already built up i wanted a a girlfriend like other guys the girls were afraid of me would you believe it (laughs) they were afraid that was some kind of monster and I wasn't well i was a pussycat back in the 50s there weren't many guys around that that uh even came close yeah true True. Well, there was uh, guys like Steve Stanko, and he was a great lifter, and the rest of them on uh, the York team, they were great lifters. Dave Shepard, and I I palled around with him for quite a while. Very nice guy. He was a tremendously powerful fellow, just about my body weight. He did make the, uh, the Olympic team. Great lifter. Wow. He clean and jerked 427 and a half. And he wow. snatched over 300. Tremendously. Very nice guy. But he had an allergy. I hate to say this. You want to know what that allergy was? He was allergic what? to work. To work. <laughs> you know, wow. I worked, I worked for many years in a bakery at night. Went home, slept several hours, got up, went to the gym and worked out. That, that was my life for many years. I did. I worked very hard all my life. The plumbing came after I quit weights. That that was uh, later on in life. But I I started oh. actually work age nine. Nine. I my dad. I said, Pop, could I have an allowance like other kids? He said, If you want an allowance, you have to go to work. We were poor people. I don't blame him. I don't blame him. The only thing, he was a terrible chain smoker. And I was very sick all the time as a kid. Very sick. But I I don't know. My body was able to uh, ward it off and surmount it all. I I don't know where Mm -hmm. it came from, I guess. My DNA, that's about all I could say. The, The sick, constantly sick as a kid. What what do you think of of, uh, one of these miserable apartments we lived in, completely filled with smoke? He used to go to bed with a cigarette in the mountain, start the bed on fire. My mother was always there with a glass of water. (laughs) Wow. That's That's how bad it was. Yeah, I'll never forget something. My mom once baked a cake, and she put it near the window. To cool off, ants came up the side of the house and got into the cake. You know what I did? I couldn't give up that cake. I picked the ants off and I ate the cake. Well, was, when you're when you're hungry, when you when you're hungry and you have no other food, that's what you're going to do, right? Yeah, I remember my sister and I. We used to divide one egg in half. We made one egg serve the two of us. But I made it. <laughs> Sometimes you I made wonder. It. Made, it made you even tougher. Did you ever see beds, the old-style bed, 
was a steel spring with a mattress on it. I used to help my dad. I was a strong kid. We'd pick up that mattress and bring it over to the bathtub, spill hot water on it, kill hundreds of bed bugs. I, I must have wow. donated uh, 50 gallons of blood to the bed bugs. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, Lord. Very, <laughs> so, so very Marvin, tough Marvin, I, I've done uh, I've done lots of reading about your legendary workouts that you've had with uh, Reg Park because I, oh, I, yeah. I read before you said that Reg was the only guy that can, could come close to you in working out. Could you tell us more about that? Yes, yes. Remember the dumbbell workout? He more or less kept up with me. Some things I was better, some things he was better. One thing he was better with, he was a stronger squatter, but then again, he weighed 230. I remember we working out. He was started to work out with, he went up to 500. I only went to 480 that day, you know, doing repetition squats that day. High repetition. Mm-hmm. And he, he, he was, but he was a bigger guy. Very sweet guy also, very nice man. It was a tragedy how he died. A melanoma. He loved right. his son, and he and he didn't take care of it. I also mm-hmm. developed a melanoma on my back, but I used to get checkups, and I had surgery, and my life was saved. Cancer on my chest, which was detected, and that was excised, and and I survived that. Something I'm a survivor. Marvin. I had the same thing myself. I had melanoma um, cut out of my chest about five or six years ago, and it was early, and they got it. And then I had melanoma on my back also. I've had melanoma um, twice, and one time it was almost stage three, but they, I almost had to have my lymph nodes removed, but they got it out in time, and I'm okay. But uh, wow. uh, I never talk. I never talk about it. I don't. I don't like complaining. But since you brought it up, but we're both two-time melanoma su- survivors. That's amazing. I never knew yeah. that about you. We're truly blood brothers. <laughs> <laughs> I know. So I never yeah, then- uh, go outside without a hat on, and I'm all. I always wear a shirt. Uh, when I go to the beach, I always have uh, a shirt on. I never, you know. And of all places, I'm in Florida right now. <laughs> Wow. You got to watch that sun. Oh, Lord. I stay covered I love, all the time. You know, I loved swimming. I used to, I used to swim. I, I loved, I remember a group of guys. It was, it was myself, Goldberg, a couple of other guys. There was one fella. His name was Harry Dips. He used to come. And uh, uh, another guy, Morty. Morty Gottcliffs, we used to, you know, the, the waters right off Coney Island are the best swimming waters you could imagine. There's no rough uh, tidal waters, very, very nice. We used to get in at, at what we call Bay 32 and swim to Bay 14, a one-mile swim. I loved it. Wow. Oh, God, did I love that swimming. But and I used to love to walk along the beach with the sun beating down on me. Oh God, was that nice? But that is forbidden. <laughs> I stay right. away. Uh, my exposure right. to the sun consists of from my house to my car, from my car to the supermarket, from the supermarket back to my car, from my car back to my house. 
I, I can't that's do, exactly do like much me. walking. Unfortunately. Yeah, that's exactly like me. I, I don't stay outside too much. I stay covered up all the time. Yes. Unfortunately, I also have severe arthritis now. Yeah. But, but they say you only it was the weightlifting. That. that is not you, so. That is not so. Right. Because I know people who are couch potatoes never did any lifting, and they even have worse arthritis than myself who have had to have knee replacements and so on. So it had nothing to do with nothing. Nothing to do with the training. No, not at all. Not at all. And it, it, statistics prove it. Wow. Macro statistics. No. I love that training. I love the lifting. And uh, sometimes I just sit and I think about those times. You, what a feeling that is when you clean and press 300 for workouts. I used to do sets of two during the workout with 300. Then go on to the snatch and the clean and jerk. Oh, boy, I loved it. Well, Marvin, tell us about the York picnic when you were there and you, you did the oh, 325 yeah, the presses at York. Yeah, I used to go to York picnic all the time. And one time they decided they're going to have a press behind neck contest. And there were a couple of guys from New York City. Very nice guy. One guy, I remember, name was uh, Tom Gursky. And one other fellow, they were big guys. Oh, these guys weighed about 250. You had to clean the weight, put it behind your neck and press. They got up to 220. I cleaned wow. the press that day, 280 pounds. That wow. that was one of the... Uh, and then we went on to bench presses. Those guys, they did 340, 345. I bench pressed that day, 480 pounds. Wow. Uh, <laughs> the guy, the eyes were popping out of their heads. I'll never forget that. I just, I just barely missed five hundred. Yep. But you've you've done over five hundred in your in your prime, right, on the bench? Oh yes, oh, oh yes. Uh, I think you were I... the first man under two hundred pounds to bench over five hundred, right? Yes, definitely, definitely. I know they got these super heavies now. Wow, they say some of these guys bench press 800 pounds, six or 800 pounds, but they weigh four or 500 themselves. Well, they're, and they're also wearing, they're, they're wearing gear that can help them oh, do it. Oh, yeah. And they're taking drugs, too. Yes, yes. Did you, if, I, I wonder if you heard about what happened. One of the guys was doing squats, and his guts popped out of his rear end. Yeah, they, they used to be a, it, it's grotesque to even say it, but they used to have a video somewhere online of that where you could see it. And one time I didn't even know what I was looking at until I, when I saw it, I almost threw up. But uh, yeah, oh, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Didn't you, didn't you military press 325 for reps at the York picnic, at the York picnic? No, I can't recall doing that. I did military press at a show, uh, an AAU show, they let me be, I was like, a, <laughs> I, I was a worm. They let the worm in at a body weight of 189 pounds. So I pressed military 
325 with judges. 325. I don't know where all that strength came from. My legs are so stiff. I did a lot of plumbing work yesterday in my house. Be careful when you pull a toilet bowl off. It's not easy. (laughs) And you you work on a piping underneath. (laughs) You're still doing hard manual labor at age 83. That's unbelievable. Well, when I can. (laughs) When I can. (laughs) Marvin, tell us more about your one-arm chinning. Oh, yeah. One-arm, nine at a body weight of 195, 200. Nine with each arm. Unbelievable. A one-arm chin, I very rarely have ever seen anyone do a one-arm chin. They're not easy, but I was able right. to do it. I was able you, so you can do nine one-arm chins with either Unbelievable. Arm. At a body weight of Did 190, you, but with both arms too, right? Yes. Did you ever try one-arm chinning? Never. I, could nev- I couldn't even do one <laughs> with one arm. No, I have a hard enough time doing it. With two arms. I bet, I bet you could. <laughs> I bet you could do that. How many reps did you do with two arms? Well, at my, at the best I've ever done with two arms is probably around 15. Wow, 15. Were they wide arm? Not extremely oh, wide, probably like shoulder shoulder width. Oh, that that's what Hoffman used to, used to, used to push that for pressing. He said, shoulder width, no more. <laughs> he gave out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was the wrong advice. I I press <laughs> wide off with my pressing. Wow. Well, yeah. you also have a you're very balanced in your strength because you're you're not just strong at one thing, you're strong at everything. And uh, I know that you did extremely heavy weights on the bent over row and you were just as yes. strong on the bent over row as you were on the bench press, right? You know what I did? I don't know if anyone uh, I maybe there were some guys stiff arm Pull over, stiff arm, two hundred and ten pounds. I might have, and uh, I might have forgotten. I might have tried two hundred fifty pounds. I don't know if I did it. I, you know, I can't remember a lot of the stuff I did. Goes back sixty mm-hmm. years. Didn't you do bent over rows with around five hundred pounds at one time? They they were more than just rowing. They were what, what I call a partial clean and a row, and a pull to give you the beginning strength to clean very heavy weight. We went up, I went up to 530 with that. And your feet had to leave the floor as if you were about to split snatch it. Yes, you just reminded me. About 530, and your feet had to get off the floor. Yep. I did that. So it was a, it was a combined split snatch and bent over row. Yes, correct. You got it. <laughs> you know where a lot of <laughs> that was done in John Talazzo's gym on Third Avenue, and he was always cautioning me. He was afraid that I'm going to break the floor and end up in the floor below. <laughs> I don't think he was too happy when I used to work out. I used to come up there and work out every once in a while. Yeah, that was nice. That was nice. I love doing that. I, 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 that's all I can say. There are a lot of stuff, all the stuff I did. I'm trying to remember all those special lifts that I did. Maybe I'll come up with wow. them some other time. Well, well, Marvin, 
it was an honor to have you on the show, and uh, we'll have to plan on having you on many more times in the future because you have so much great information that we just can't fit it into one time. So whenever you want to be on, it's a done deal. I love to do it. Goodbye and God bless you. Don't be a flamingo. You have to do your squats. Don't be a flamingo. Real lifters work their legs. That's going to do it for this edition of Natural Strength Night on MindForceRadio.com. Please bookmark that website, MindForceRadio.com. Bob is always looking for new writers for NaturalStrength.com who are old school, hardcore, write with passion and have a strong anti-steroid stance. He also wants your training questions so they can be answered on the show. Please send your articles and training questions to Bob at MindForceRadio at Earthlink.net. Thanks for listening. See you next time.